What's up, everybody? It is Monday, November 12th, 2018, and it is Upset Monday. woo If you were living under a rock and missed the NFL yesterday, well, good news. One, you're listening to this show because I will fill you in on all the madness that ensued. And two, if you were paying attention, then you know that there was a lot of close games. People are saying, people are saying that Vegas had their fingers in this one because they've taken some losses the last few weekends. Now, I don't know what upsets have to do with Vegas winning money, but um, I'm sure somebody understands it. I'm not going to pretend to, but uh, we all we all know Vegas. Quit, you know, rigging games. Whatever. No big deal. As long as you keep rigging them for the Steelers. hey oh, You know, Sundays just aren't the same without the Steelers, and I can't do a podcast without talking about them, apparently. But uh, all I'm going to say is so glad they weren't playing because they love getting upset. All right. So let's get into it. We got uh, the Falcons versus the Browns. First game. I wanted to hit this one hard because... I have a lot of the dog pound in the group and living close to me. So the Browns 28, Falcons 16. The Browns shocked the Falcons. Seriously, great game by the by the Browns. Just all around, completely dominated. I watched a good bit of the game. And I have to say, the Browns are looking way better than they were at the beginning of the season. Baker threw three touchdowns and had 216 yards. Not a ton, but he was efficient. He said he woke up. This morning, feeling real dangerous. When your quarterback says that, I have to say, I love it. It Baker Mayfield has this like swagger to him that I can't help but like. You know, it's it's not cockiness. It's like this confidence. You know, um, he finds this really good blend of of maybe it is cockiness. Maybe I just like that. I've always kind of favored uh, cocky athletes, I guess. But Baker, you know, he seems to be legitimate. I love his poise. He seems to stand up in the pocket, and he's getting better every single week. If he can get a little bit more help at the other wide receiver position, which I have to say Callaway has stepped up the past few weeks, then they could be he could be very dangerous moving forward. But the real dangerous part about this team is, seriously, Chubb is a beast. 216 rushing yards. Pretty much dominated the game. I mean, the best way to be a team... And I, as in B, I mean demoralize them and have a signature victory is to run all over them. If you cannot stop a running back, then you might as well just go home because it's bad news from there because all it's going to do is set up the play action, yada, yada, yada. You get it. We've seen it before. He had a 92-yard touchdown. It is the longest, longest play from scrimmage this season and the longest touchdown run in Cleveland Browns history. Congratulations, Nick Chubb. It was amazing. This guy is, he's legit. I mean, they traded away Hyde. I didn't understand it. It didn't seem necessary at the time, but they did it. And Chubb is a beast. And they're finally getting Duke Johnson involved. I love Duke Johnson. I think he's super athletic. And for some reason, Hugh Jackson just hated him. But now that Hugh hit the door. Um, Duke's getting in there. Duke and Chubb both had receiving touchdowns, and that was kind of a big deal. The Browns' defense, though, being the real story of the entire game, pretty much shut down Atlanta's hot offense. They had the goal line stop, and they continued to get a couple of turnovers, which actually this time benefited uh, the, the, the Browns. The Browns actually got some points out of those for once, which has been a problem all season. The off- The Browns' offense actually might have been the story because the defense has been solid all year it's just been plagued by lack of offense and looks like they've been gassed and 
a few games they should have been in. They got tired towards the end. But they had the nice goal line stop I saw. They almost had a second one, but uh, I think it was Austin Hooper got the touchdown there. Uh, but they've had this like they had this like kind of bend don't break. They gave up the Falcons have a really good offense. So they did give up some yards, but at, at the same time they did enough to hold them out. Matt Ryan 330 yards, two touchdowns, pretty modest day for him. It's kind of funny the quarterbacks nowadays you say 330 yards, it's pretty modest, but it is especially for Matty Ice. And one of the problems I think with the Falcons is Tevin Coleman. He only had 44 rushing yards and he had a few I think receiving yards here and there, but he he's very talented. But the thing is, is he seems to be one of those guys like your Tariq Cohen or um, uh, Christian McCaffrey, which Christian McCaffrey is the main back. But, you know, guys like this who don't seem to be able to take a full workload. I, I saw them give it to Coleman on the goal line multiple times, and the guy's just he's not big enough. He's kind of that shifty change of pace, come in and catch a few passes type of running back and I think that the Atlanta Falcons are really missing Devontae Freeman they obviously they're not going to come out and say that but Tevin Coleman I guess is going to be a free agent he was supposed to be a big story going into free agency but with the whole Bell situation and him getting the opportunity now and and just being really spotty with his production I think uh, it really hurts his value going forward so it'd be a really interesting thing to watch see if he maybe just ends up right back where he started here with the Falcons but uh, we had a the so this episode I have somebody from the group Jerome he said he is a Browns fan and he sent in a clip of what he thought about the game what's up everybody this is dog pound Douglas coming at you with my take on the Browns game it was awesome looks like a completely different team the penalties have cut down tremendously the defense is playing great Baker played great and before I say anything else pound the chub give that boy the rock and let him run great win heading into the bye week big things yet to come I feel um, I feel Freddie Kitchens is coaching himself into an offensive coordinator position and keep it up brownies way to go big win fantastic I think he he hit on some really good points especially with uh Freddie Kitchens I mean things are heating up in the kitchens especially compared to how the season started offensively it's really nice to just see them get the playmakers involved and I don't know. It's refreshing to see the Browns win a game. I know they're in division with the Steelers, but they're kind of still little brother, and um, they're working their way up. So it's actually going to be really interesting moving forward because the Browns could actually cause some problems for some teams moving forward. I don't see the Browns as a potential playoff team, but I could see them probably getting three to four more wins like this. And they have some some uh, matchups against teams that are actually have playoff implications. Cincinnati two times, Baltimore, Carolina, Houston. Those are all teams that are in the running in the AFC that the Browns could possibly upset and cause some serious problems. And on the other side, the Falcons are four and five. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I guess the Browns could end up helping them with uh, Carolina, but at the same time, the the, the Falcons just they, they don't seem like they're going to catch the Panthers or the Saints, and they could really miss the playoffs this year, which is just absolutely bonkers because that team just seems to be really talented, but for some reason they cannot just they cannot 
put it together. I'm not sure, but uh, overall, great game by the Browns, and we'll see them be terrible next week, probably. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. Another terrible team, the fucking Patriots. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Tennessee whooped the Patriots 34-10. Mike Vrabel with the revenge game. I don't know if you could really call it the revenge game, but he was playing his former former team. And I have to say, Vrabel is really impressing me. He is putting together a solid squad in Tennessee. They have had this great defense all year long, but the biggest problem has been their offense. Uh, It's kind of similar to a few other teams I know of that have great defenses. It seems to be one way or the other this this year in the NFL. Like, both teams, teams don't usually have both a defense and an offense. It seems like the defensive teams have terrible offenses, like the Bills and Tennessee and the Ravens and they they all have these good defenses but they have some terrible offenses and that's kind of been the case for Tennessee but not today Tennessee put the beat down on the Patriots and you know what I cannot stress this enough how much I love this I hate the Patriots so much with the passion and you know it's interesting because Tennessee with I guess Mariota's been kind of hurt all year, and I'm not the biggest Mariota guy, but he definitely was hindered early in the season, I think. He he looked a lot better yesterday, and uh, he finally got the ball to Corey Davis, which is a big deal for the Titans. The Titans Titans drafted Corey Davis with a first-round pick, I believe, two years ago, and he's just struggled to really break out. He's had some injuries, but this guy, he's a phenomenal receiver. He's just got, got all the skills and everything to be great, but he's not gotten going very well. But in this game, he looked great. He had seven catches for under 25 yards and a touchdown. Now, that is a solid stat line, and it would be interesting to see if they can build this rapport like a little bit more. It would be a really nice combo for the Tennessee offense to keep the ball moving, especially on third downs, because it seems like what they want to do is run the ball a lot. Um they have not rushed the ball very effectively all year, which probably coincides with their lack of uh, passing offense. It just it goes hand in hand. We all know that. But Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis did enough. Uh, com- combined, they had 115 rushing yards on 31 carries, which is not very good at all. But they stayed true to the run, uh, and uh, Derrick Henry got two touchdowns. So, solid outing by them. But it seemed like one of those instances where the game could have probably got out of hand. But luckily, the, because the offense wasn't doing exactly what it, it needed to do, but it did just enough. And the Titans' defense is the biggest thing, too, is because it is one of, like I mentioned, it is one of the best defenses in the league now. Um, it, it is solid. It's young. The whole team is young. It's actually really exciting to see... Tennessee pop up again, but they're really good at this. You know, it's like once every four or five years they have a decent season. It's just the constant the woes of a Tennessee Titans fan, I guess, having to deal with that. But hopefully, maybe with Vrabel, they're really actually on the up and up, but I think they're going to need a different quarterback. But that's just me. Moving on, the Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots side. Their offense just sucks right now. I mean, let's 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 be honest. It looks like they have no options. The offensive line is in rough shape, and uh, no Gronk is seems to be a problem. That Gronk really changes things. And I will give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. They have been a little bit injury plagued with different. Um, receivers, and also running backs. They've lost, usually they roster 10 running backs, I think, and there have been 
almost all of them got injured. I think they're down to their last two or something along the lines because they had Cordello Patterson running the ball, which he is not a running back at all. But uh, Brady went out for one of these passes. All these offenses are starting to get really uh, fancy, running this Philly special or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's been around for a while, but it's just a stupid play. I'm so tired of seeing it. Mariota did one, which is, was way better, but Brady, he got this thing and just looked like he had no right being out in the middle of the field. And I have to say, this is a dangerous game to play. You got a 41-year-old quarterback going like up the field. It only takes one safety or linebacker to just lay him out, and boom, he probably probably would be laid up for a while. And that's kind of my problem with this whole thing of passing to receivers. You're really leaving these guys exposed, and it's kind of losing its uh, surprise, I guess. I, I think defenses are going to catch on. You know, they caught on to the zone read. Now they're going to catch on to the quarterbacks catching passes, I guess. But <laughs> I have to say the Patriots this year, it seems like, now, this is going to seem counterintuitive, but I'm going to say this. The Patriots are extremely dangerous this year. Every single year we count them out because it looks like this is the year that they're crap. By the time January rolls around, they're in full steam, and then they're winning somehow. And then they end up in the Super Bowl, and somehow they win it. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you get Bill Belichick to the Super Bowl, he can game plan himself into a victory. It seems to be that way. And so it's, I want to say the Patriots are in rough shape, but I know better. And I will never count them out because I've seen it a hundred times. But they have struggled, you know. I uh, They beat Green Bay last week, but the week before that, the Bills game, the score kind of lied because they kind of got roughed up by another good defense. So I think they need to work out some kinks with their offense. Their defense... Uh, not so great either, but it never really is. So as long as Brady and Gronk, they can get Gronk back, get Edelman back. I mean, they just need health, basically, and they could probably still be the Patriots that we know. And it does pose a question, though, if the Titans are legit, because they have a solid team. I think if the offense can continue to improve, then the Titans are a legitimate team, especially because they're in a division that's easily winnable. And, uh, I, I mean, you got Houston at the top, the Titans down uh, second place now, and but at the bottom you have the Colts and the Jags, who conveniently played. Um, the Colts won, held on 29-26, to but it was a close division game, and, I, and the loser got sent to the bottom of the defense. And once again, it seemed just the Jacksonville defense is not the same at all. And I... Everybody kind of hoped that Fournette coming back would slow down the game and possibly improve the defense, and I think that will be the case as the season moves on. But first game back, Fournette just um, he kind of got stuffed, you know. He he got he had 24 rushes for 53 yards. I believe he had a touchdown, and Bortles had a pretty decent game, so he didn't lose the game. But once again, I'm sure everybody will blame him, you know. <laughs> He's been a pretty efficient quarterback, but it seems like when they they lose, uh, Bortles automatically gets the, the blame. But I don't think it's his fault. I think the defense really needs to step up, among other things. But hopefully once they get that running game going, they might cause some problems. But they play Pittsburgh next week, so that might be a make-or-break game for their season. Everybody had them penciled in as favorites to win the division and even make a run at the Super Bowl, and that team is just in disarray, just classic Jacksonville Jaguars. It's like every team in this division seriously does like what I explained about Tennessee Titans is every couple years they have a good season and then they just disappear, other than the Colts with Peyton Manning, but that doesn't count because, yeah, you know, we get it. Uh, other than that, 
Andrew Luck is super good. Um, he gives them a even with the losing record right now, losing the, um, in the division standings. I think the Colts still have a legitimate shot at this because Andrew Luck is just that good, and I I think their defense has gotten a lot better. Offensive line still not that great, but I, overall the Colts are way better than they were at the beginning of the year, and they're looking to make progress. They got Marlon Mack back, and um, healthy T. Y. Hilton. So we'll see what happens. Ebron, Jack Doyle, they got a solid team over there. So it's going to be a real interesting division uh, chase over in the AFC South. Uh, I'm going to go over the uh, the division situations and winners and projections and stuff like that on Wednesday's show. So we will talk more about it then. Now, the late game, which was Dallas and Philly. Dallas won 27-20. Philly wore all black. And Zeke apparently gave them a matching black eye with 151 rushing yards and 36 receiving. And a TD, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, can we just for one second appreciate how great this guy is? Because the Cowboys are not good. And they haven't been good for a while. But Ezekiel Elliott, that guy's always good. He's good every single year. And for some reason, they think he, he makes them relevant. Basically, he makes the Cowboys relevant again. If you take Zeke off of that team, they have nothing. They have a decent defense that's always banged up, a washed-up you know, offensive line that was supposed to be great, but it's always injured and not so good anymore. And uh, what? Dak, kind of a fraud, and Amari Cooper. So, which, But maybe Amari Cooper fixed the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones is a genius because Looks like they're winning now that they got Amari Cooper. Not that he did that much last week. And honestly, let's be real about Amari Cooper real quick. Going to another team doesn't help you catch the ball. We all know that the guy's super talented, but we also know that he loves dropping passes. And I don't think getting one of those wobblers from Dak when he's rolling outside the pocket is going to be very Amari Cooper like. It just uh, I don't think I don't think this is real. The Cowboys are not good this year. I'd be very surprised if anything happened, but their division is wide open. But I think I think the Cowboys are in trouble obviously, but the Eagles are the real thing. Eagles defending Super Bowl champions and their team we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to put it together and still just have bad defense. And this, this team is kind of built on that defense being solid, but they've been battling injuries. And um, it just, I don't know if they're going to click and put it together. I hope so because I actually enjoy watching the Eagles play. But they have no identity on offense right now. It seems like they can't get the running backs going. And it, I don't know. It's very weird. Wentz is back. He's playing well. But I don't know. I think instead of going after Golden Tate, they probably should have targeted a running back. But instead, they decided to sure up the wide receiver position and put the ball in Wentz's hands, I guess. So this is the game they're going to have to play going on. But if they could get that defense back, they could probably make a run at the division, especially since the Washington Redskins are the ones in the division lead. Uh, <laughs> they have a stronghold. They beat T- Tampa Bay 16-3. to Now, the, the Redskins are leading that division, which I don't think anybody would have guessed that, um, especially on the heels of the, the senior citizen crew that they have with Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, and basically Jordan Reed's bones because, like... 
this team is for some reason keeps winning every single week and they don't have any players. It makes basically no sense to me. I think last year that last week they their whole entire offensive line got hurt. Chris Thompson's been banged up all year. I mean, it's just like for some reason though, Washington keeps winning games. And it sucks because I honestly don't want them to be in the playoffs because they're not good, and especially not with Alex Smith because he's trash. And I won't say anything about AP because it's good to see him out there running around again. But man, this could be bad news. I mean, an easy win for and if, if they win a division, an easy win for a wild card team on the road. And if you're looking at these divisions, these wild card teams and the NFC could be very, very tough. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I would rather see probably the Eagles win it, basically, because the Giants are terrible too. I would say Eagles, yeah, definitely, or Dallas, just to see them lose. Yeah, that would be good too. But um, Tampa Bay had 500 yards of offense and literally zero touchdowns. Can somebody explain to me how that's possible? You can move the ball that much and got not get a single touchdown. I, let, let's be honest. Washington's defense isn't that good. So something was going on. Oh, I know what it was. Fitzmagic ran out. He had 400 yards and two interceptions, but he looked rough out there. Looked like classic Fitzpatrick. We've seen him do well. We've seen him do really bad. That's the reason he's not a starter in the NFL consistently. So this just muddies the water even more for Tampa Bay. Basically a lost season for them. Dirk Cutter's probably getting fired. Jameis Winston's probably getting fired. I don't know what that team does from here. I'm getting a bit away from the point, but, man, it's it's bad. It's bad. Um... But they're kind of like got a decent wreck. I don't it's just not good. Anything's not good. If Ryan Fitzpatrick's your quarterback and your hope, it's not good. Fitzmagic ran out. He needs more like <laughs> he needs more pixie dust or whatever makes him really good. You know, maybe it's maybe it's kinda like in, in that uh, pirate ship they have out there in <laughs> in the stadium. Maybe Captain Hook's got Tinkerbell in there and Fitzmagic's gotta go in there and get a little pixie dust or whatever, because as soon as it runs out he starts r- throwing Picks, haha, that's a good one. No, but seriously, uh, who the hell gives a shit about this game? Definitely not me. A more interesting game, as I continue to run down through these, Seattle 31, the LA Rams 36. It was a tough loss for Seattle, especially like reassuring that they might, they're probably missing the playoffs this year. The only thing is Seattle's one of those teams that you just don't count out. I think that's why they were in this game as much as they were because it seems like when Seattle's down against it, Russell Wilson, they they always show up. And they did show up to this game, but the bottom line is Gurley is just really good. 120 rushing yards and 40 reception yards. I, the guy is just a phenomenal athlete. I don't know. He's got like 100 games in a row with the rushing touchdown. He's probably going to own every single record. And the guy, is, he's built like a superhero. So honestly, I don't, I I mean, what can you say? Really. But I think, you know, the spread offense kind of encourages, um, it encourages defense to play uh, the receivers more. It basically frees up. The uh, the the middle of the field for Gurley to do some work, and that guy will definitely make you pay. I think a problem going forward, though, for the Rams is Cooper Cup. Man, this guy, he has been kind of injured for his whole career now, and he got hurt yesterday. They're saying AC, um, ACL injury, 
and he just came off of, I think, like a sprained MCL. I only know all this because I have him on my fantasy team, and I'm very sad about it. But, you know, whatever. It could have some implications, though, with the Rams moving forward. I mean, that guy's a pretty valuable piece, especially in the red zone. And the Seahawks might have exposed them a little bit because they had 273 rushing yards. What? Am I reading that right? Let me just readjust my vision. Yes, 273 rushing yards from the Seahawks. Now, you're talking about a team who has Chris Carson and uh, who's their second running back? I think, I don't even know, Mike Williams maybe or something along the lines. And Russell Wilson, I think, had almost 100 yards. But they really rushed all over them. And both of these things might affect the Rams. If the Rams cannot run, lean on Gurley to run in the playoffs could cause problems and if they can't stop the run in the playoffs it's going to cause problems especially if it's a slower game it's going to be really interesting going forward but I think the Rams are still really really good I would still put them below the Saints but they're still a force to be reckoned with and like I said at the beginning of the year this team's going to come and go with how Goff plays basically if Goff can continue to produce then this team will continue to be really really good okay we got Detroit at 22 and Chicago at 34. Detroit is so bad, the Bears kicker Parkey hit four uprights and they still won. Yes, this guy was trying to kick field goals and he could not. And he just kept hitting the uprights four times. Probably couldn't do it if he tried, to be completely honest. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing the Bears might be looking for a kicker, but it's hard to say. Stafford seems to be in trouble out there. Missing Golden Tate, I'm guessing. Uh, the past two weeks have been really, really rough from him. So this was a big division game, and Chicago took it. And I have to say, Chicago's looking good to win that division. But there's a lot of football left to play. So, And I don't really trust the Bears or Trubisky yet. Trubisky, he has had a solid season, but it doesn't seem like... I still don't feel like he's um, gotten to that level yet that he looks comfortable. He's made a lot of plays with his legs and things of that nature, which is awesome, but also sometimes is a sign of maybe some stats that or games won that don't really translate into his development. But overall, I have to say they've impressed the hell out of me this year. Who would have known getting the best, you know, linebacker in the entire league would make your team extremely awesome. But it did. It worked. Uh, we had this game made no sense. Uh, the Chiefs won twenty six to fourteen against the Cardinals. Makes no sense because, I mean, the Chiefs are obviously way better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are shit, and somehow it's a close game. I'm guessing Vegas or something had to do with it. Uh, but Mahomes just really not a fired up plan, um, as as we're used to. Only two hundred forty nine passing yards. Now this is very uncharacteristic of these Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, though, was the highlight. Seven catches, 117 yards, and two touchdowns. And this guy is so fast. If you watch him pre-snap, he looks like a ballerina dancer out there. That guy's footwork is so insane. I, I just, I could, I saw him go in motion and was just like, this is, it's not fair. It is not fair that that guy is that fast. Regardless, though, Arizona actually had a chance in this game. I was watching the end of it, but their offensive line, as the problem for the whole season, has been just horrible. And the Chiefs' last-ranked defense was basically in Josh Rosen's face the entire um, the game. 
but they lost. They've lost a lot at that offensive line. I think they lost their center, AQ Shipley, before the season even started. So it's kind of been a bad situation all around for Arizona. But man, it would have been nice to see the Chiefs lose one. But they didn't win like convincingly as they had been, and they kind of didn't against the Browns either. So interesting moving forward. Um, we've all been awaiting this Chiefs uh, regression. But it hasn't come yet, so maybe second half of the season we start seeing classic Chiefs be classic Chiefs, you know? It's hard to say. Um, Green Bay, 31, Miami, 12. This is exactly what we expected it to be. Miami just sucks, basically. But Frank Gore, man, that guy does not get old. I think he had 90 rushing yards. He just he doesn't stop, man. He does not stop. And on the other side of the ball, Aaron Jones, breakout game. 145 yards, two touchdowns. The Packers finally fed this guy. I've been waiting all season for him to get the ball more and more and them to stop screwing around. He was suspended, but then they did this whole committee thing. And finally, this guy's getting most of the yard, most of the carries. And it shows, man. This guy is good. He's very, very good. He made it a really easy day for Rodgers, who had two touchdowns, but both to Devontae Adams. Really disappointing. Because six catches, but no touchdowns for Marquez Valdez Scantling. That's his name. That is the Packers' third receiving option. You got Devontae Adams, then you have Randall Cobb, and then you have Marquez Valdez Scantling. So, enter the fourth receiver. And he only got two catches, and I was so excited to see his name all over ESPN. Equanimous St. Brown. That's this guy's name. Equanimous St. Brown. So I did a deep dig into this because I got curious. I'm like, what kind of person, you know, what is this dude? You do a quick Wikipedia search, you realize it's not even his full name. His full name is Equanimous Tristan I'm on top J. St. Brown. What? That's a mouthful. What? <sighs> Come on. He has two brothers who play college football. Osiris St. Brown pretty simple name compared to his brothers who plays for Stanford and Amon Ra St. Brown who plays for USC. Now I thought, man, with names like this, these guys must have had a dad with the wildest first name ever. I do some more digging. Guess what? Guess what their dad's name is? Their dad's name is John. Just John. John Brown. John Brown was his name, no Saint Brown, because apparently he wasn't a saint. Because this guy was Jack, two-time Mr. Universe. Wild, just a wild. And then he named his kids all these wild names. It makes no sense. But I'll tell you what does make sense. is that Green Bay, I have this theory about their wide receivers. And it goes back to like Donald Driver and, and some of those other guys. Well, just mostly Donald Driver because it's one of the coolest wide receiver names ever. But so we have... Um, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Equanimous, St. Brown. I think that the Packers are drafting wide receivers literally just based on the, like how their name sounds, how unique their name is. But I think they're at like the Combine, and they hear a wild name, and maybe the guy only has one catch, but he has such a memorable name that they're just, they're just convinced that he's good. Yeah, think about it. I mean, it, if, are you going to remember John Brown catching catch, catches or Equanimous, St. Brown? I'm going with Equanimous. So, it leads me to my theory that I think they, they only draft based on how cool their last names sound, and it makes them sound like way better receivers. I mean, I would take these guys, wouldn't you? I mean, Valdez Scantling sounds pretty freaking cool. And so, 
I mean, it's only literally a matter of time before next year the Packers are clearly going to draft Little Jordan Humphrey. Yes, Little Jordan Humphrey from Texas, and that is his name, Little Jordan. If you didn't know that, somebody gave this guy his birth name is Lil Jordan, which is pretty freaking sweet, and he's going to play for the Packers. So I guess it could be worse. The Chargers had an easy win, 20-6 to at the Raiders. Easy win for the Chargers. Um, boring game. I didn't watch it. I uh, just read about it. It looked like they were on cruise control. And honestly, the Raiders are just really terrible, and they're, they're basically as bad as their owner's haircut, which is pretty shitty. Once again, the Saints whooped on the Bengals, 51-14. to Andy Dalton still sucks, especially without a security blanket, A.J. Green. And guess what? Drew Brees is still really good. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are still really good. And guess what? Michael Thomas is really good. The best thing I've seen in this game was Michael Thomas scoring a second touchdown and throwing up the X for Dez. It was awesome. I thought it was a really cool shout-out because, unfortunately, we all know Dez tours ACL, and he's out for the season after signing one of the most exciting signings in football this year. But, you, that's the way it goes, and the Saints are probably still the best team in the NFL. So, honestly, it's probably good to, um, I don't know, balance them out a little bit more. And last but not least, like anybody give a shit, the Bills played the Jets, and the Bills won 41-10. to Matt Barkley versus Josh McCown. Who the fuck cares? Nobody watched this. It was a shit game. And by the way, that reminds me, tonight, there's another shit game. Giants versus 49ers. Who really cares? I don't know. But that's the wrap-up, and that is your Monday wrap-up of all the football, all the time. You know how it is here on Schwen Sports. Now, before I go, I just want to say Wednesday looks like I'm going to be going over um, the Monday. I'll, I'll go over the Monday night football game and probably dive into these division races and really see who's got potential and who might be in trouble. But that's on Wednesday. If you guys have anything you'd like to be featured on the show, like Jerome from the group, then I would encourage you to send something, send me questions, post them on the, the, on the group. You could send me recordings and I will throw you into the show actually and respond but it could be about anything literally questions about your team rant about what happened rant something they did celebrate something they did I would love to just work more and more people into the show so it's just not me talking for uh, 30 minutes uh, getting on your guys's nerves but if you wait if you listen this long then I love you so much thank you and uh, I will see everybody out there in the group, if you haven't joined the group, the Schwen Sports group on Facebook, please look us up and and join the group. It's it's growing a lot in the in the past few weeks, and I'm actually really excited about the direction it's going. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, the Schwen Sports Podcast. Like I said, we will be expanding the podcast as I get better and get better formatting. And also like our Facebook page, Schwinn Sports, and follow me on Instagram, Schwinn Sports. Follow me on Twitter, Schwinn Sports. We're going to have all that delicious goodness coming towards you. It is the beginning stages right now of building this sports dynasty, but I'm telling you, you guys are witnessing the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful creation. And so with that, I will see you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday.